Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential Podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential Podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we are talking to some fierce and fabulous female entrepreneurs. And in doing so, we are learning not only about what they're doing and how they're changing this world, but we're learning about what they can teach us to be better as entrepreneurs, as business owners, and frankly, as a way to hit the lifestyle that we are looking for as entrepreneurs. And my guest today, I think it's going to hit on a lot of those notes. So let's talk about it. Moira, let's see, and I'm going to try, I'm trying not to screw it up, but I'm going to do this very carefully. Moira Miguelacor, her mission (laughs) is to help female entrepreneurs and a few good men. I mean, if you're a man, just keep listening. It's not just excluding you. She will work with a few of you, but you have to prove yourself to be a good man. (laughs) But she helps these entrepreneurs build a top tier income and a globetrotting lifestyle using what is so important to us all, virtual speaking Now, she does a couple other things, too. This is not the only thing, but this is a really important opportunity, especially for those of you who bring a wealth of background, but maybe are doing some other things. There's probably some opportunity here. She's also the founder of a very cool and stylish networking group called the Secret Suppers Worldwide. And we say secret very quietly. But, you know, she's telling us about it, so it's not that secret. It's all about (laughs) deep conversations, real connections, and catalysts for change. And I don't know about you, but like Moira, I like to surround myself with positive energy. You guys know that. And change makers, because that's how we move in this world. Her group also generates thousands of dollars and euros to give to global causes such as human trafficking awareness and micro business lending in third world countries. Now, her mission is to help more women. And like I said, a few good men take the stage with a powerful message and story so that they, too, can do what we always talk about, have the impact that they want make the money they want, and live the life that they want. And Moira is joining me today from Ireland, which is one of my favorite places in the world. Thank you so much for being with us today. Michael, thanks a million. What a great intro. (laughs) (laughs) Moira, I love... I love what you do because it's very powerful. And especially because you and I as speakers, we know that the spoken word is so powerful. Um, Many of us who were live speakers before the pandemic, um, some people struggled with the switch to uh, virtual speaking. I think now we're much more adept at it, but it's still a really powerful stage. And I think many of us are also learning, hmm, maybe I don't need to exhaust myself in the future by getting on every airplane to go speak and train. So I can't wait to learn more. So I hit the highlights. Tell us a little bit more about you and your business and how you help people to shock their potential. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, I mean, you know, we're all reconsidering this whole travel thing. I have to go to London next month and I'm already kind of going, "Mm, 
but do I? <laughs> you know, I? Exactly. but do I? There's a question mark there, but which mm. it has is brilliant in so many ways. But uh, yeah, I work with mostly entrepreneurs, showing them how to build a top tier income from speaking. And really, I'm about like showing them how their voice is really their ticket to freedom. And I say ticket mm. to financial freedom, ticket to freedom to travel the world if they want a ticket to freedom to have the kind of impacts that they want as well. Because I think all too often when we get into business, especially if you have been in, you know, a, a paying job, like I used to be a youth worker making like 30,000 a year. I was like thinking when I started a business, I had to learn every complicated strategy in the book to make this a success. And I quickly got very overwhelmed and I was doing a bit of this and a bit of this, a bit of this. And there was no one thing that I was doing. And when I've stumbled upon speaking. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't plan to get on stages. I stumbled upon it. And the result I was able to create in like 20, 30 minutes, which I'm sure you know what I mean, Michael. I was just mm-hmm. like, wow, that took yeah. me 15 minutes. And I've been killing myself trying to figure out Facebook ads, SEOs, doing websites. And I didn't even have a website at the time. And I was just like, okay, this is it. So I literally said to myself, okay, so if I can do that with one speaking engagement, if I did that every week, and when I saw it, I was just like, well, that's a multiple six-figure business right there. And I was just like, well, I'm going to do that. And what I love about speaking, and if anybody's, you know, thinking about, oh, could I do that? I'll tell you now, you can do it. Absolutely. Everybody can do it. You just have to want to do it. That's all. You just have to have something inside you that you want to get out into the world. That's all you need. And you don't want overcomplicate it. I think sometimes people think that they have to do 10 years in Toastmasters or they have to, you know, have some sort of, you know, like a public speaking course, presence, confidence on stage. And those things are nice things to have, but they're not mm-hmm. essential. I right. think the big, the most essential thing is that you're on a mission to help the people that need to hear your message. End of story. Because if you have that mission and that energy, that will get you on stages and that will help you impact the world and that will create financial freedom for you. Absolutely. And the the thing is, is that, you know, I, 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 we were talking about this briefly before we started taping is that there's a lot of people, especially as they transition into the entrepreneurial world that came from really high power careers or, you know, really lots of responsibilities. And it doesn't matter what field it was in. It could be in, in anything. It could be in chemical engineering. It could be in, you know, yeah. it could be in lawn maintenance. I mean, there, every expertise has a group that will value your message and your experience. The question is, can you get clear about your message? Can you package the message? Can you practice the message so mm-hmm. that you are willing to receive feedback? Because you're right, you don't need 10 years of Toastmasters, but you do need to make sure you have a great message and you need to be willing to adapt and be flexible in order to, to really convey a message well and have people go, oh my gosh, that was so fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And for for me, I had to pick a lane. And mm-hmm. I find that entrepreneurs struggle with this. Like they they want it, they want to help so many people. And not only that, they're highly skilled people, especially if they're yes. coming from 20 or 30 years in corporate or marketing or something else. But when you're selling yourself, even though you've sold products all your life and you've presented to boards all your life, it is different. It is a different, different ballgame. So then it's like they're standing at the end at the start of a highway and they're trying to go, go down six lanes of traffic at the one time. And it's literally <laughs> impossible to do that. Right. But if you pick one lane and then you go down that lane and then you find halfway down that lane, you know what? I'm just going to switch into this lane because this one is pulling me a little bit. At least you're moving forward. At least you're making headway. 
and you're meeting people, you're getting feedback, you're creating relationships along the way. The worst thing you can do, and if you're, any of your listeners are doing this right now, is to sit at home and try and come up with the ultimate message. And I know this keeps with women especially, it keeps them awake at night. And then they're oh, like, yeah. they wake up, they're like, oh, that's it, I've got it, I've got it. And then they like, maybe I get a voice note in the middle of the night and say, listen, I've got it, I've got it. And you're kind of like, yeah, that's great, but that's a description. That's not really, that's a movement. We're looking for like, you know, just a tangible result, a problem you solve, you know, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, I think the most important thing is to pick a lane. And I want to pick up on something you just said, Michael, that's so, it's so important. It's that, you know, getting on stage and practicing saying your message, your best stuff will come out in a moment of feeling a connection with an audience. It's yeah. not going to come out of you sitting at home and, you know, going through your slides and all those things. And those things are important and they have a place. But the most thing that's important is that you're sitting, whether it's in front of an front of your computer or standing in front of an audience and a, a moment like it's like these divine inspiration moments. That's when your best stuff comes out. Mm -hmm. And if you watch speakers do this all the time, they're like, oh, I never thought about that before. And they're like, write that down, you know, because it's literally that's where the gold comes from. But often (laughs) people don't give themselves a chance to put themselves in that position because they're trying to get everything right before they go or they're trying to go down down 10 lanes of traffic. So, yeah, it's true, too. And I think the um, the best speakers and trainers are the ones who listen to themselves in those moments and recognize, hey, that was a great question or, hey, I had a whole new perspective on it. They're aware they're comfortable and confident enough in their message in their one lane that they're willing to look. Um, and it was making it makes me think about, you know, when you're when you're in a room and you might have distractions or other things going on, the more comfortable and confident you are in your message. Not only can you handle those, but you can really use them to grow. And and actually, as you were talking, I was thinking this is kind of selfish, but this was an example about me in Ireland Mm -hmm. um, about 10 years ago. I was speaking at a, um, yeah, about 10 years ago, I was speaking at a conference in Ireland and I was talking about something very specific to the industry that I was in. And I had great message. I had great data. I had lots of proof of concept. Um, We had done what I was talking about in in several other countries. And I had somebody in front of me in the front row, arms crossed, sitting all hunched, you know, with his face screwed up. And, you know, he did not believe a word I said. And it was so fun because all of a sudden I was really comfortable and confident and he did not throw me. And I, I just said, all of a sudden I said, everybody, and I had like 300 people in the room. I go, you guys, I'm just going to take a quick break here because I have a gentleman in the front row and I'm not going to call him out unless he uh, tells me it's okay. But he clearly thinks that everything that I'm saying is BS. <laughs> and everybody started laughing. And I go, sir, is it okay if I, you know, call you, you know, if I ask you what you're thinking? And he goes, Okay. So we handed him a mic and I just let him tell me why he didn't believe what I was saying. And it was great because then I said, okay, let's, let me role play this with you. Let me give it back. You be the toughest patient that you could possibly be. This was a a scenario with a medical um, contingency. And I said, you be the toughest patient. Let me, let me show you what this looks like from my end or your end. And when we got all done, he started laughing and he goes, that was awesome. He goes, I totally get it now. He goes, but if you wouldn't have stopped and recognized my disbelief, I would have just tuned you out. And I think the more that you practice and, and, and are confident in your message, 
you're willing to be challenged. You're willing to take those moments because then from that point on, I started watching my audience and say, now let me just tell you, when I get going, there's going to be a certain number of you who are going to cross your arms, lean back and you know, squint at me and go, I don't believe a word you say. And when you hit that, I want you to raise your hand. And that just opened up a whole new level of being able to interact with people. And that aha moment is important. Mm, that is so amazing. Michael, it just shows what an amazing speaker and how confident you must be to be able to take on <laughs> the man with the cross legs and the crossed arms because they're in every audience. And, you know, and you've got the yawners as well, which used to like drive me like, oh, my God, they think I'm so boring. They're yawning. And often it was because there was no AC in the room and you're just kind of like, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> but that was, that's wow. I wish I was in the audience at that talk. I would have loved to watch that. It was really fun. And it was, it was great because people came up afterward and they're like, I couldn't believe he didn't believe you. I believed everything you said. I'm like, well, that's wonderful. That's great to hear. But, you know, in that realm, sometimes it's more important to have the person who doesn't believe you, not the wacky one or the one who's just a problem, but the person who really actually wants to believe you and doesn't. Mm -hmm. And if you can, if you can take those, those people on it, it gives you, to your point, it gives you new insight. What am I teaching? What, what problem do I want to solve? Because I'm, mm. I might not solve it for everybody, but if I can solve it for the most difficult ones, then I'm really making an impact. Mm, definitely. So good. <laughs> so when people come to work with you and they're like, okay, I, I think I've got this and I love it. You know, the people that call you in the middle of the night and like, or leave you a voicemail, like mm -hmm. I've got the solution. When you first start working with them and you're helping them craft their message, become more comfortable and confident in this kind of world, what kind of things hold them back from being really confident, especially in the meeting medium of virtual speaking, because it is definitely different. You don't get the same kind of cues from people. Mm. I, I think it's a lack of knowledge on their and their ideal client. And I think it's that yeah. feeling that they think that they know, but they haven't actually asked. They um, think that this is what people should want, but they haven't asked them exactly what they want. So they're coming to the table with what they think people sh should want versus mm -hmm. actually asking people, well, what is it that you want? And, you know, why do you want that? You know, and it's not that they don't care. It's just they kind of, you know, you, you're, a, you're an expert, right? You want to have a business because you believe that you have enough knowledge to be an expert in your field and you want to help people with that knowledge. But it's so key to have those conversations with, even if it's just like about 10 or 20 people before you decide on your marketing message, because it's just unbelievable how many, how many moments of revelation that I see happening for people. You know, case in point today, I spoke to a woman, she's an ex-actress, she's now moving into like her 60s and she wants to help women who are lonely and confused about, you know, the next chapter of their life. And she was really like caught up on the fact that they just want to be happier and they want something to do. But when I actually sent her off and, you know, to be like, okay, go and have some conversations, she was just like, oh my God, it's way more than I ever thought it was. And, you know, yeah. now her message went from being okay to something that's going to be wildly impactful to people. But had she not have just taken the time to get to know those people and what this part of your business actually does, it definitely gives you confidence. It makes having conversations with potential clients so much easier. And I'll be very surprised if you don't get your first two, even maybe three clients just from taking part in, in that type of activity in the beginning. I was just going to say, and then you've got your target audience right there because they've told you exactly what you mm -hmm. want. And I love the fact that, you know, it's a great uh, reminder that we all go into it with our own mindset. 
this is what my issue was. So therefore it must relate to everybody. And that's not a knock against her or anybody else, because mm. we know that the pain points that brought us to different areas were important to us. But what a great way to send people out, do their own little focus groups, gain new information, but have those um What's interesting to me is then when you get people to talk about having sales conversations, and as you notice, I use air quotes because sales to me is just really about conversations. They get more tense when they think they're selling something rather than having an exploratory dialogue where you're learning more, they're learning more. And if you can take that same kind of belief of the focus group exploratory conversation into that, then you will never sell again because you are having the conversations where people go, you're going to do that and teach that? I want that. Mm, absolutely. And then you have people chasing you versus you chasing them. And, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know, you. I don't know if you can afford me. I'm that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, you know, the, the thing is, you know, when, when people get their messaging down and, you know, they, they really put some time and energy in, in getting this right, there's a difference from feeling okay with charging a thousand and then all of a sudden seeing I could easily charge 10,000 for this type of result. Yeah. You know, and if you're, if there are people listening right now and you're looking at your message and you're like, you don't feel great about, you know, charging any more than a thousand or 2000, it's probably not you. It's probably because of what you're selling is not a big enough result. Right. So when I'm, when I'm, when I, you know, when I'm, talking to clients about especially having their first packages if they say well, I don't know what to charge you know and they say oh, I'm going to charge a thousand dollars and I'm like okay great well would would the result you get be worth 10 times that and sometimes it's a partner sometimes it's find the love of their life sometimes it's you know um it's getting their first 10 clients and they're like well yeah and I'm like well is it a good idea to charge a thousand dollars for that you know and then they're like no because they never, they're always coming to it from a place of my value, my time, I think, mm-hmm. or worst mistake, they look at a couple of websites and take prices from somebody else who also doesn't know what they're doing. And then they position themselves against next to average people. Yep. And I know, like, if we're all honest with ourselves, nobody really thinks that they're average. Not If you enter into the entrepreneurial space, there's something in you that believes that you've got something big to get out into the world. There's a fire in there. It may not be fully lit yet, but it's not average. Nobody goes to market wanting to be average. So don't look at other people's average services and position yourself against them. And then, then all you're going to have is a bunch of people who are pretending to be average when they're actually brilliant. Right. Exactly. What don't, don't, uh, don't take yourself down the average path when you're not. Exactly. I love it. Well, Moira, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor for the month and we will be right back. Are you a highly sensitive individual? If you are, you are part of the 20% of people whose nervous system is wired to take in more stimulation than others. This can feel overwhelming trying to get by through coping and stuck in your shadows instead of your strengths. But it doesn't need to be that way. You can learn to be in charge of yourself physically, spiritually, and financially in a way that honors your highly sensitive self. Heather Dominic is the founder of businessmiracles.com, and she's been training highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders since 2010 to do things differently by working less and making more of a social impact and a higher income. Whether you've been in business for years or are just starting out, 
Highly sensitive entrepreneurs are sick of trying to, usually secretly, manage overwhelm and other ways your highly sensitive nervous system tends to hijack and work against you. Now you're ready to learn how to be comfortable in your highly sensitive skin, to create your work and life to match who you truly are, so you can work less while making more impact and income. I should know, as a super uber highly sensitive entrepreneur myself, working with Heather and her team has changed my life and my businesses. To learn more, please use our affiliate link in the show notes or reach out to the Business Miracles team and tell them you heard about them from the Shock Your Potential podcast. Every listener who joins the Business Miracles program in 2022 will receive a selection of five best-selling books from our Shock Your Potential bookstore authors. Leading as a highly sensitive entrepreneur is a mindset to hold and an energy to embody. To lead means to show someone the way to be in charge of. As a highly sensitive entrepreneur, this starts with learning how to be in charge of yourself first and your purpose second. And we are back with Moira Nigalakor, and we are talking about not only the role of speaking, virtual speaking, coaching, those types of things, but we're really talking about valuing ourselves and the lessons we learn along the entrepreneurial journey. Um, and I think your last example is perfect, especially like if you're just starting out and you're comparing your prices to somebody else's website and you really don't know them, their background, and you're not comparing it to whether or not your message has value, you can easily easily undercut yourself. And uh, and there's confidence involved in, in uh, um, getting yourself to that next level. But I think it's all about the lessons learned. So this month, I'm asking everybody to think back around your entrepreneurial journey. And, you know, what what have you learned most over your journey? You know, what maybe it's something about you, what you learned that you had to change or something that you learned and you really leaned into because it was a great strength or your secret sauce, your secret recipe. What has your journey taught you? Mm. Yeah. You know, that, that question reminds me of one time I was in New York, I was speaking at an event with Les Brown, actually one of my favorite mm. speakers. I was so yeah. excited that day that I actually forgot my shoes at the hotel. So by the time I got <laughs> to the conference room, I was just like, Oh my God. And then I went, Oh no, I gotta, I, I gotta get my shoes and ran outside called an Uber. And then when the Uber pulled up, Michael, it was like this really beat out Honda and I was just like, oh, for God's sake, are you serious? I was like, the only thing that was missing was like a tin can coming off the back of it. It was one of those. I was like, I don't have time to argue. Let's get where I want to go. So I got in and the guy's so friendly. He's chatting. He's where are you from? What are you doing? Etc. So I get to the destination and I go to get out of the car. And he was like, thank you, ma'am. And I was like, thanks. Bye. And he goes, oh, excuse me. Could, could you give me a five star rating? I was like, what? He goes, can you give me a five star rating? serious and I went well why and he goes well did I not take you where you wanted to go and I I was like yeah you did and he goes well I want to boost my score I was like right so I got out of the car I gave the guy a five-star rating he wasn't a five-star service Ah, but he had a 5.0 average because he asked every single customer that went into his beat out Honda would they be so kind enough to give him a, a five-star ref, uh, rating? And rating. they did. Wow. He mastered the ask for what he needed to be the top of his game. And he didn't even have a 
top end vehicle. That's brilliant. So for me, that moment was a huge, and I, I think about it all the time. If you want something, you ask for it. And if you're not good at asking, get better at asking. Because if you're not asking, you're not getting. If you want to speak, ask for the gig. If you want someone to buy for you from you, ask them to buy from you. And like with anything, if you ask enough times, you get so confident with that ask. Guess what happens? You start expecting to get a yes. And if you mm-hmm. expect to get a yes, you'll get more yeses. Absolutely. So that's wow. been one of the biggest lessons for me. Now, my other question is, did you get your shoes on time and get back to <laughs> Well, of course, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't ask this guy to wait for me outside and take me straight back, though. <laughs> That's what I was expecting. I was like, "Hold it right here, and I'll give you the five star rating." But you're right. What a perfect example of of ask for what you want, but believe you deserve it, even if you are not at Les Brown's level or the Tony Robbins level. If you're speaking, or you know, whatever the other or is. Um, that is is so important because you will never get anything if you don't ask for it. You don't. And, you know, just exactly what you just said, that speaking gig that I had that had Les Brown on it, I didn't land that gig because I was good enough to be on Les Brown stage or that I thought I was or anything. It had nothing to do with that. I got that gig because I wanted to go to New York. Uh-huh. And this is what I think in business. This is where lifestyle can really lead you to exactly where you want to go. And people follow the money. Or people mm-hmm. follow what they think they should follow. But I followed like, I want to go to New York this summer. Oh, my God. So when I decided I was going to go to New York, I was just like, let me see if I can attend any events when I'm in New York. And then I was right. just like, oh, there's this Global Women's Summit. Let me see if I know anyone. And then I was just like, oh, I know her. And she's. And then I reached out and I said, are you looking for speakers? And they said, yes. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. But it wasn't the fact that I wanted to get on stage or thought I was good enough or not good enough to be there. It was the fact that I really wanted to have some fun and I wanted to go to New York. And I looked at my business and I said, business, how can we make this happen? Beautiful. I love that because then it's also it's so aligned to your statement of I want people not only to have a top tier income that they're proud of, but a top tier lifestyle that could be globe trotting. It could be, mm. you know, it could be working in your garden, you know, uh, in the day. To me, where it's gotten me is where I don't book uh, calls with clients or podcasts or anything on Mondays and Fridays. Like I, not that I'm not working those days, but you know why? Because I do have some meetings with my teams, but I don't want to put on makeup on Mondays and Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> now, I'm not saying I'm not going to take that. one of those speaking gigs on those days because that's an exception. But for the most part, <laughs> and you know, there was that moment when I realized this is my business. I can organize my business to fulfill the life that I want to mm-hmm. instead of my life fulfilling a business obligation that doesn't align with where I'm going. Totally. And and another lesson I learned very early on, and one of my mentors said to me, she said, Moira, your business will only get as big as your life. So if all of your time is spent making your business big and you're ignoring your life, don't expect fulfillment, enjoyment, revenue, none of that, because it will not happen. And that's when I was just like, ah, okay. And then, you know, New York, Paris, London, Australia, Bali, when I was just like, well, if that's the case, I want to travel the world, you know? Exactly. And, and really that's when that's when my business really took off, when I started having the most fun I could possibly have with my business. 
I love that. I'm going to write that down right there. It's part of my notes. I want to travel the world. I mean, I used to. <laughs> we will again. You know, everything is with a pinch of salt right now, you yeah. know. But when the pandemic broke out, Michael, I was like, I, I was I was in Bali at the time. I'd just gone there for three months. I had been in Australia. I'd organized some events in Bali. It was going great. But I was about to organize more. Pandemic happened. I was like, okay, I should come home. Nobody knows what's happening. Came back to yeah. Ireland. And then about six months, I spent six months uh reorganizing my business, virtual gigs, doing more um, mm -hmm. online stages. And then in um, December, the, that December, I moved back to Bali for six months and I just lived in a villa and did all my virtual gigs. Love it. So, you know, Love yes, it. you can move around and jump, hop, uh, hop on planes, or you can set yourself up in a beautiful mansion and just yes, run yourself, yes. run your business from there. Yeah. I remember the first uh, virtual, big virtual gig I did. I'd done a couple, but the first big one that I did um, in October of the, the beginning of the pandemic. So, well, six months into the pandemic or whatever. And I was, uh, my husband and I had just decided to get in the car and drive through Florida for four or five months. And we did the same thing. And so I was doing this one presentation and I had the backdrop of the, uh, of, uh, the Gulf of Mexico behind me. And I, you know, I had this global thing going on. Everybody's like, where are you? I'm like, well, I'm in the Gulf of Mexico in the panhandle of Florida. <laughs> I love that. I had, I, and and that that's a that and this is this is the key I think to virtual stages providing your audience with an experience not yes. just you sitting in front of a computer right because when yep. when I was doing webinars in uh, in Bali it was my four a.m. to catch the world awake right. so it was dark when we started by the time I'm making my offer the sun is coming up and people are like is that the sunrise? And I'm like, oh. yep. And I'd sit back and I'd be watching. So as the sun was coming up, I was like, you know, and like, where would you get it? You know, and Laura, that's were, beautiful. <laughs> that's really smart. And you're like, much like the sun coming up, joining my group today will allow you to have your sunrise. <laughs> but, it, but it's so true. And you, you just did it with, that's what you did with your, um, the Gulf of Mexico behind you. And that's yeah. where, you know, people think that it, it's, it's money comes first. And I have, yeah, you know, yeah. in my business, the formula for me, it's you dream, you decide, you reside, you know, the uh, dream comes first. And when the dream is clear, you decide it's going to happen. And when you decide it's going to happen, it will happen because anything we make a decision on was going to happen. And when it does, you find where you want to be, whether it's in an RV, whether it's in Bali, and then you choose to go and reside there for three months, six months, whatever. I love it. And um, for when we have the video version, people are watching the video version, you know, just you live it also, because here's the plaque behind you that says live the life you love, which is really about that sense of, okay, make the decision. I love that dream, decide, reside. That's gorgeous. Moira, we can talk about this all day. I love, I love what you do. I love the um, energy behind it. But what I really love about what you do and how you challenge people is to, to remember that they're in control. And that they have control. And I think so many times, especially people who have come from corporate careers, feel like I followed what was expected of me for so long that sometimes I don't know how to operate other than just keep working. And um, in order to really make a difference, you have to decide for yourself what you want to do and put yourself on that path. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Totally. I love it. <laughs> so I know we're going to have all your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody is like, I need to find this woman right now. She's motivating me. I can't wait to see the sunrise in Bali. What's the best way for them to reach you? 
I mean, honestly, I would say friend me on Facebook. That's where I hang out the most. But if and if anybody wants to like learn about creating a globe trotting lifestyle with speaking, I do a monthly challenge called the Speak More Make More Challenge, where I share all of those formulas and ideas. And you know, I've had some, I've had women join that who were had worked in corporate who have said, "Oh, you know, I'm going to apply for this speaking engagement a year from now," and I'm kind of like. I challenge you to go home tonight or hang up this call and go do it. And I've had people book themselves on stages in front of a hundred people, because if you have a background, like a, an ex, a, you've been an expert, don't overthink that you can't leverage that to get on stages. Like you have instant credibility. Yeah, sure. You might not have enrolled a hundred clients yet or anything like that, but you're still an expert. You still have stories. You still have value. So mm-hmm. trust that. Amen to that. Well, and before we go, you've already given us a lot of wisdom, but do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I think my, my, my best advice is don't expect any of this to get easier. Just Mm. expect yourself to become better every day. Ah, so brilliant. Absolutely. It's so true. There's very rarely people just knocking down your doors to hand you piles of cash to do what you do. But the more you do it, the more doors open and the easier it is to ask for the right cash and get on those stages. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's it. I love it, Moira. Thank you so much for sharing your enthusiasm and your wisdom with us. It has been a pleasure to have you with us today. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's great to meet you. I love your podcast and I'll be listening out for all the episodes for the rest of this year. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.